morning and welcome to our online service at New Peninsula Baptist Church this morning. It's so great to have you join us. We've got a great service planned today. We've got Glenda Holbrook who's going to come and continue in our Colossians series. It's week two of our Colossians series, uh, looking at in him, how we can be in Christ. I'm now going to hand over to Kate Crothers who's going to lead us uh, in our time of pastoral prayer. Thanks, Kate. Happy Sunday, church. I'm doing one of my favourite things, coffee on the beach. I haven't quite got Paul's three C's, church, coffee and the beach, um, but I'd love to join with you in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to gather as your body. We thank you for the opportunity to be reminded again um, of your grace towards us and of your deep love. Lord, we want to thank you for uh, the week that's been, uh, for the highs and for the lows. And we thank you, Lord, that you have been walking with us in each of these seasons. Lord, as we gather this morning as a church, uh, or whatever time you're joining us, Lord, we're reminded too of um, the fact that we are separated. And Lord, for those that are on their own, for those that are watching with family, for those that are separated from loved ones, Lord, for those that have missed out on milestones um, and opportunities also to grieve with others. Lord, we lift them up to you this morning. Lord, we know that um, church is more than a building, Lord, but we look forward to the time where we can come back together and join. We thank you for the progress that's being made with the Rosebud redevelopment and we're excited about what you might be doing in that space of drawing the community closer to you through that new development. Lord, we think also too of CCI, of our Community Care Inc, of Andrew and Kaz and Simon and their team of volunteers who, despite all these restrictions, are managing to care for those on the margins, Lord, and be your hands and your eyes in these situations, Lord. And as we come out of COVID, we pray that you would be equipping them uh, for the great needs that will come their way and uh, just help them as they help others to reconnect. Lord, we pray especially too uh, for those who have had a hard time in lockdown and who have had enough. And Lord, when words uh, fail us and we feel frustrated, Lord, we know that we can come to you. Lord, we know that you have suffered on our behalf, Lord, and we're reminded this morning of your great love for us on the cross. And later as we join for communion, we're reminded too of the fact that um, no one is left behind, Lord, that you desire that close relationship with all of us. And Lord, I pray that you'd remind us of that truth um, in the week ahead. And we thank you for the opportunity again to gather as your body this day. Hi everyone, it's great to be with you again. And how were those mighty D's last week? Oh, I, as many of you know, I am a tragic Melbourne supporter, but I'm glad that none of you could see me last weekend during the grand final. I couldn't sit down for the whole game. I was jumping up and down all the time and pacing backwards and forwards. And honestly, I reckon the neighbours would have wondered where all the yelling was coming from. I even dressed up for our worship planning meeting last Monday, which included a Maxi Gorn beard. Yeah, I know, very tragic. 
Anyway, I could go on and on about the Mighty Ds, but let's get into what we're really here for today, and that's continuing our series in the book of Colossians. In today's text, there's actually a number of references back to the Old Testament, which unfortunately we don't have time to get into today. But what I want to encourage you to do is go to the notes in your Bibles or go to a concordance and look into these Old Testament references because they really do provide a rich insight into Paul's prayer for the Colossian church. But today we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, We have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We all want to know God's will, don't we? How many times have you wished that God would just send you an email or even speak to you audibly, telling you what he wants you to do? But the knowledge of God's will that Paul is praying for is more than just knowing what God wants us to do. It's actually an understanding of who God is. It's about drawing closer to God through his son, Jesus. Jesus himself tells us in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one and the same. And this is the most important reason that we need to get into God's word and to know it. Because it's in his word that God reveals who he is and he shows us what he's like through Jesus. And look, Who that we believe God is will drive the way we live our lives. God wants us to be confident in him and his love and his plans for us. And we are shaped emotionally and spiritually by the image of God that we carry in our hearts and in our minds. Do you know that he loves you and enjoys you? Do you know that even though he's the King of King and Lord of Lords, he wants to have a close, intimate relationship with you? As we come to know God more, his spirit will give us wisdom and understanding so that we may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So how do we know if we're living a life that is worthy to the Lord and and pleasing to him? Well, the words wisdom and understanding help us to see what this looks like in practical terms. While those two words are certainly related, there is a distinction between them. 
in Paul's prayer, wisdom is the knowledge of God's principles that we should live our life by. Whereas understanding is our ability to put those principles into practice in all different circumstances in our lives. In verses 10 to 12, Paul gives us practical things for us to look for in our own lives, to see how we're going in our relationship with him and how we're living for him. And first of all, Paul talks about our fruitfulness. As Paul's using it here, fruitfulness consists of our character and our conduct. Now, we all know how clever Pastor Paul is in uh, doing his message in three main points with every point beginning with the same letter. But try as hard as I could, I could only come up with two words today beginning with the same letter, which was character and conduct. Okay, if we're drawing closer to God, we will see in our character more fruit of the Spirit. We'll see more love, we'll see more joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Last week, Paul talked about his lemon trees and so far, all of them have produced fruit. But if one of his trees didn't produce fruit, then Paul would know that there's something not quite right there. And the same is true for us. Jesus says in John 15, 4, Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. We can't bear fruit without Christ. And when we draw closer to him, the fruit comes naturally. You see, it's not about us trying harder. It's about us drawing closer to Jesus. It's not about us trying harder. It's about us drawing closer. The Apostle Paul saw knowing God and doing things for him as two different sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. Jesus affirmed this when he said things like, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So I wonder if others see Jesus in the way we live each day. In the words we speak, in the things that we watch on social media, where we spend most of our time, the books we read. Are we kind and generous and caring? Do we go out of our way to do things for others? Does the way that we live each day help those who don't yet know Jesus want to know him? So fruitfulness is the first thing we need to be looking for in our lives to see how we're going in our relationship with Jesus. The second is, are we keeping on growing? Are we continually seeking to know God more? If you have a look at verses 9 and 10, they form a constantly evolving image of our Christian life and growth. As we grow 
in our knowledge of who God is, we then grow in wisdom and understanding. And then we live a life that is worthy and pleasing to God. And therefore, because of that, we grow more in our knowledge of God. And so the cycle goes. And the good news is we don't have to live our lives for Jesus in our own strength and power. In verse 11 of Paul's prayer, he tells us that it's God's power that enables the Colossian church and will enable our church to grow closer to Jesus and to live for him. This is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And this power is continually at work in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit to give us endurance and patience. Paul singles out these two qualities of endurance and patience as the weapons that we need to live in this chaotic and often difficult world. God's endurance comes from the faith and the hope and the love that he gives us in difficult situations. And the endurance is the conviction we have that Jesus is sovereign over the world, that he is able to bring about his purposes in his time and in his way. And in the midst of this pandemic, we need to, we need to know that, don't we? We need to hold on to that. So this endurance is the strength we need to hang in there through difficult times and disappointments. Now, it's fascinating that the patience that Paul refers to in this prayer is actually for dealing with difficult people. I know you're thinking of some of them right now, aren't you? But God teaches us that patience with others he reminds us that sometimes we are that difficult person. He reminds us that judging a person's heart and motives, well, that's, that's God's job. That's not our job. Then in verse 12, Paul prays that we will give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. This is what Paul's referring to when he says that we may live a life worthy of the Lord. God wants us to live a life that reflects all that he has done for us. We were unworthy of heaven, but Jesus has made us worthy. Ephesians 2 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. In Christ we are different. In Christ we are changed. Our joyful thanks begins when we realise we don't deserve the inheritance that Jesus gives us. Our salvation, us being able to be in close relationship with God, is our greatest gift and our greatest blessing. And it's completely undeserved. It's 100% the work of our God who loves us 
and isn't a result of anything that we can do. I wonder sometimes, like me, if you feel like you're really not good enough, that you're not worthy of Jesus' love and goodness. Well, that's okay, because none of us are. Sometimes do you compare your journey of faith with Jesus, your relationship with Jesus, to that of others and feel as though you're, you're just not as good as them. You're not, you're not as far advanced as them. Well, if so, this is where we need to understand that our journey with the Lord is between him and us. And instead of expecting us all to take the same steps in our relationship and journey with him, Jesus breaks up our lives into small steps that he wants us to follow as we grow closer to him because he knows us. He knows what we're ready for. He knows what he wants to do within us. And he shows us the steps to take to get there. But one thing we all need to be doing to continue growing closer and closer to Jesus is asking him to reveal God to us in his word. Studying Jesus' life so that we can see what God is like. Maybe for some of us, God is wanting us to focus on being more thankful each day for what Jesus has done for us and for all the blessings that he gives us. And I want to encourage us to do a regular self-inventory and see how we're going with the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Read through them regularly and ask God to show you the one that he wants you to work on. And ask, ask others who are close to you to tell you how you're going as well, if, if you dare to do that. Another step we all need to take is connecting with others, especially those who don't yet know Jesus. You know, Paul's prayer was sent to the entire church body and not just to individuals. And none of us are capable of growing in our relationship with Jesus in the way that he wants us to without being actively involved in a local church. I want to also encourage us all to be connected in with a smaller group of Christians where we can share our faith, where we can keep each other accountable, where we can support each other and pray for each other and care for each other. And you know what? We just need to ask Jesus what steps he wants us to take to grow closer to him. He will lead and guide us because drawing closer to him is his greatest desire. As we read again, verses 13 and 14, they lead us into our time of communion. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you and thank you that we are your people. 
that we are delivered from the power of sin and redeemed through Jesus' death on the cross. As we take the bread, we remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. And it's in his name that we give thanks. Amen. Please take the bread. Take it when you're ready, after you've had time to reflect on what Jesus has done for us. And then hold on to the cup and we'll drink that together. Let's drink together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have removed our sins by your blood. Amen. My prayer is that we will make it our number one priority to do all we can to grow in our relationship with Jesus. This is what Paul was praying for the Colossian church. Will you join with me in this prayer in the days and weeks and months ahead? Will you pray this prayer for yourself and for our church? Please join with me now as we pray this together. Father God, by your power and your Holy Spirit within us, May we be the people and the church that you want us to be. You know and call each of us by name into the plan you have for us, both as individuals and together as your church. May we know and live your love for us. We pray you would fill us with a new awareness and thankfulness for all you have done for us and in us through Jesus. We bow before you and commit ourselves afresh to you in the name and power of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Bless you everyone. Well, what a great service it's been this morning. Thanks, Glenda, for opening up God's word for us and then leading us in that time of communion. So good to, to just connect with Jesus again today. If you've got something that's, uh, I guess, uh, bubbling up for you at the moment, if there's a need that you have, if you just want someone to pray with you or to spend some time on the phone with you or whatever the case might be, then, then reach out to us at Connect at newpeninsula.com.au. Get in touch and one of our pastoral care workers will be in touch with you very soon. But God bless you today. Thanks for joining us. May you know his peace. May you know his presence and his love with you each day this week ahead. Thanks for joining us this morning.